Welcome again. So glad to be here. Several, well, it was actually several decades ago, early 2000s, I had spent several years out of church. I did go home when I was home with my parents. I went then. I was the dutiful daughter. I want to make sure you all know that. But when I was here in Knoxville, my parents at the time lived outside of Asheville. But when I was here in Knoxville, I didn't really go to church. And so in the late 90s, I ended up back at church. I found a place where I felt like I was welcomed and that I connected with God. And I began to engage, as Mike talked about, that part of us serving others. And I did so within the youth ministry at the church. And part of that was I started going on mission trips. And that congregation was very involved with a program called Appalachia Service Project, ASP. It's, tri it's groups going into Appalachia over the summer to make homes safer, drier, and warmer. The homes were not built with um, measurements like we think of a house. They were added onto, and, and there were some that didn't have plumbing. And we were able to go in as groups and provide basic things for the community. First year I got to go was in Mingo County, West Virginia. Does anyone know what Mingo County, West Virginia is famous for? This may be all you learned today, so take note. It's the home of the Hatfield and McCoy feud. Yeah, oh, someone just got really excited. That's great. Um, it was a beautiful place, and we stayed in this old elementary school where they served us on those speckled trays. Remember those? Some of y'all do, some of you don't. That's okay. It was what we did. There were, there were coal trucks that ran all night up and down the road beside that school. It was a beautiful place, and I learned a whole lot. But before I went, they told me I needed to get a toolbox, or did I have one? I didn't have one. I may be crafty, but as far as crafty with tools, that's not it, or with arts and crafts. So this is a toolbox I bought back in 2000. I assume I bought it gold because of Appalachian State Mountaineers, black and gold. That's all I can figure. It, and I unearthed it from our garage the other day, and I have cleaned it off a little bit. But on top of it is the black tar from the year that I spent that week tarring the top of a trailer. It ended up on everything. There's the outline of a paint can, because evidently I painted one year, I guess. And if you open it up, I have some tools in here. Hammer. This, this hammer evidently was the tar year as well, um, as I have noticed. I've got multiple hammers in here. I've got multiple screwdrivers as well. And I know there's a difference in these. That's a flathead, and that's not a flathead. <laughs> and this... Uh, I'm not sure when I acquired this. Aren't these called Allen wrenches? As you can tell, tools are not something that I'm great at, that I bought this box and I tried to fill it, and it doesn't have much. My husband's toolbox at our house is filled with items, and then the other part is he knows how to use the items. Um, our, our, our journey as followers of Jesus Christ, includes having a toolbox. 
And for some of us, we got our toolboxes years ago. And when we got them, they were all fixed up and they were great and we were excited to have them and we couldn't wait to put our tools in them. For some of us, your, our toolboxes have been sitting in our garage like this with spider webs on them where we show up and we do what we think we're supposed to do, but as far as using our tools, maybe not so much. Maybe some of us are much more advanced as my husband is with his toolbox and as well with his ability to use the items. What about you? What's your toolbox like? Your spiritual toolbox, the toolbox that has the tools. We, we use terms like share Christ, serve others, and grow in faith. We use terms like prayers, presence, service, giving, and witnessing. We have these terms, prayer, scripture reading, and those are our tools as we engage in the journey of living out, not in an event, but in a process of being followers of Christ. We have tools for you here at Concord that we use. We, two years ago, it was not this exact day, but in early August, we began reading through the Bible as a congregation, and we used a Bible reading plan to help us do that. We continue to have a daily Bible reading plan, and I just happen to have it in my toolbox. I really encourage you, if you don't use this, it, like, it's not like you have to use ours. We just want to make sure you know that you have a tool. These are available outside of the Information Center. They're available at concordunited.org slash Bible. It is a way, if you're like, I don't even know where to start with reading the Bible, here is a way to start. And these plans always correspond to what we're talking about. This month in August, it corresponds to prayer. We are focusing on prayer. This week is on the principles of prayer. Next week is on the posture of prayer, then the plan of prayer, then the perseverance of prayer. This is a tool for your toolbox in reading the Bible. You received when you came in this tool today. This is our prayer booklet. You can also find it online at concordunana.org slash pray. This booklet is, it's got just basic core information about what we believe about prayer. It has in it our definition of prayer. It has in it scriptures that will go along with the the sermons over the next four weeks. It has the various prayers each week. This month, we're focusing on a particular prayer. It has it in here with a little bit of the history of that prayer. It has how you can become a part of our prayer team, how you can request prayer. There is so many things, um, ways that you can use this tool. There is also these that are in a basket if you go down this hallway towards the fellowship center. And um, this is just a guide. Our groups have the option to use this, but you could use this individually. It guides you through each week, gives you guiding questions about prayer. And then last but not least, we have our GROW booklet, which helps you engage 
in um, our groups that are available. We have everything from Sunday groups that look like, we call them Sunday school classes. You may be familiar with those. Or if you want a weekday group, smaller groups that meet every other week, or we have short-term studies. Those are tools that we have in our toolbox. And you have a lot more. And we are going to add to that toolbox as we engage in focusing on prayer in the weeks to come, in the months to come. I want you to be very intentional about thinking about what does your toolbox look like? Do you have one? Do you need to dust it off? And what tools do you have in it? And we're going to add to that. One of those tools, as we talked about, is reading scripture. And our scripture today is found in Matthew 6, Matthew... Matthew 5, um, which is Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is when Jesus went up on the mountaintop, and that imagery we know reflects that Moses went up on the mountaintop in the Old Testament. We have Jesus goes up on the mountaintop to teach his disciples. And do you know what he does? It says he sits down. And for the educators in the room, I'm like, if I sat down, they couldn't have seen me. What? But in the Jewish tradition, sitting is the posture of teaching. So he sat. Whenever you read in Scripture that Jesus sat, he was, he was in the position, the posture of teacher. And he teaches. And one of the things he teaches about in Matthew 5 includes that he teaches about prayer and fasting. It's actually Matthew 6. I'll get it right at some point. Thank you for your patience. But he talks about prayer and he talks about fasting. And in the book, we include fasting as well. That is coming at Lent. We will focus on that. So I have a friend that is going to read the scripture this morning. Will you please listen as Will reads our scripture? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptations, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Way to go, Will. 
It is Matthew 6. I'm glad he clarified that for us. Today, our focus in prayer. For some of you all, this is going to be review. You do it, but it never hurts to go over it. It's one of the things that teachers will do over the next few weeks within the classrooms. They will review what they covered in May or in April just to make sure the students remembered it. For some of us, we're going to hear it new today. My prayer is that you are willing to have ears to hear and hearts to hear. We're going to go over four principles of prayer. And the first one is we're going to define what prayer is. This is our definition of prayer. Prayer is a language to communicate with our creator. We were made to pray. We're made for it. I took a foreign language in high school and I chose French rather than Spanish because I thought the teacher was easier. We're all motivated. Me and my buddies, you know, we're like, we're going to take French because we think it will be easier. And I'm just going to say that is not the best motivation, but it was our decision-making process in high school. And we, back then was when we had the classes that went all year round. We have block classes now in our high schools. But back then, you started a class in August and you finished it in May. So in the spring, our French teacher had to be out one day because he had to go to a funeral. So the Spanish teacher comes into the classroom, and she is speaking a foreign language. And we're like, Ms. Watson, this isn't Spanish class. We're all high and mighty, you know. What's she doing? We don't know Spanish. And then she goes, that was French. And we went, oh, Oh, it's months into this, and we had no idea what she was talking. Language can be difficult if we're speaking different languages, but God created us in his image. It says that in Genesis. God created us in his image. He is our creator, and prayer is the language that he made for us to communicate. Communicate can mean many things. It can mean talking. It can mean listening as well. Prayer is both talking and it's listening. And I think of the word commune, be with. Think about the relationships in your life. When you feel most connected, it's when you take time to spend time, to be with each other. And in that sacred space, you communicate, you talk, and you listen. I recently went on a two-day trip with a good friend of mine. We do it once a year. And it's just this time that we carve out for time together to communicate, to commune, to be with each other. I'm not recommending you pray only once a year. But that concept of that we're given this way to communicate to, with our creator, to commune, to be with our creator, that's our first principle, that prayer is a language to communicate with our creator. How are you communicating with your creator? What are the ways that you are doing that? The second principle is this, come as you are and be where you are. Jesus says in Matthew 6, he said, don't be hypocrites. I'm like, tell them, 
Tell them, Jesus, don't be hypocrites. If you look up what that word means in the original language, it means don't be pretenders. We got any pretenders in the room? I can remember in middle school, I was not, I'm still not a fast reader, but I had a classmate who read really fast. And so I would always keep an eye out what Kim, what page Kim was on. Oh, I'm on 35. Yes, I am. And I would move to that page, though I had not read the pages before. I was a pretender. There are those of us here today who say we're not good prayers. We don't pray good. We're not good at it. Don't be a pretender. Just be where you are. Come as you are to commune with our Creator. Come as you are and be where you are in prayer. You don't have to get all cleaned up. You don't have to memorize a bunch of prayers to be able to pray. You just come as you are and you be where you are. That's where we start, each and every one of us. If we outlined our starting line amongst us today, there would be some of us that are at places that others of us aren't. That is okay. Start where you are and begin it today by having a conversation, communicating with your creator, talking and listening because right where we are is holy ground. Our, our third principle is this. Prayer includes communicating with God privately. That means that we take time one-on-one -on -one with God to be in prayer. For some of us, it's the morning time and the evening time. Some of us, it's more morning time. Part of my morning quiet time includes prayer as well as reading scripture. What about you? What is it? Where is it that you go, whether it's a literal place we remember that um, movie called Prayer Room or War Room where you went to a particular place and you were focused. It may be a chair in your house. It may be a specific room. It may be wherever you are, but privately going to God. We see Jesus demonstrate this multiple times in the Gospels. Jesus goes away. After he fed the multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread, he didn't, he didn't go to the next town yet. He went away and he prayed. When he chose the 12 apostles, he had been away, withdrawing to be with his father in prayer before he made that choice. One of the most poignant examples that we will talk about next week is Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he goes away, he goes farther than the disciples, and he prays. He desperately talks to his Father. There are examples after examples of Jesus going away, withdrawing to those sacred spaces of being with his Father. Prayer includes communicating with God privately. How is it that you are withdrawing through prayer to communicate with your Creator?
And the fourth principle is this. Praying in public does not require a superhero power. If you ever want to get a group to make no eye contact with you, say, who is going to pray for us today? Nobody. All of a sudden, nobody makes eye contact. All communication skills go out the window, and, they're, and everybody's afraid. If they look up, they're going to be the one that has to pray. We hear it time and time again, I'm not good at that. I'm not a good out loud prayer. We want to let you know today that it's not about being a good out loud prayer. It's about communicating with the language your creator gave you. And that praying in groups, whether it's at the family dinner table, it's with friends, it's in a group, whether it's a Sunday morning group or a weekday group, wherever it is that you are able to pray out loud. Do you, do you hear me? You are. No more will that language be used amongst us. We're not going to say we can't pray out loud because it's not true. We can. Are we comfortable with it? I get it. I get it. But it's not a superhero power. We, we, my family is a Marvel family. I'm not sure how it all started, but that's where we have ended up. And the superheroes each have a superpower, whether it's Captain America with his enhanced strength or he runs faster than he did before that little experiment that happened, or the Incredible Hulk, or Black Widow. Like, they have these superhero powers that are special to them. That isn't the case with praying out loud. Because prayer is the language that our Creator gave us to communicate with Him, both privately and publicly. Jesus prayed out loud. Before He fed the multitudes with the fish and the bread, He gave thanks to God. He did the same thing as He um, joined with the disciples at the Last Supper. He models for us praying privately and praying publicly. You are equipped to pray publicly. I just want to make sure you hear that. And you got to start practicing it. Like I'm not suggesting that you have to pray up here next week. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that you start where you are. And if that means around the dinner table with friends or family, that you take that next step in praying out loud. It's like when you're with someone and you feel the Holy Spirit tell you, I really need to pray for them, that you take that uncomfortable step and say, may I pray with you? Can you imagine what would happen if we took those next steps in praying, in living out the principles of prayer, of understanding that it is a language that God gave us as our creator to communicate with him? 
that we start where we are, that we are not pretenders, we just begin where we are, that we have a process and a place by which we pray privately and we are willing to step out of our comfort zone and pray publicly with others. By praying publicly, that just means praying with someone other than you. It can start with one other person. It can be a couple. You can do it. You are made for it. We are each made for it. These four weeks in August, we're going to learn, for some of us it will be prayers we know, for some of us it will be prayers that are new to us. Our first common prayer for our prayer toolbox is the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is found in both Matthew and in Luke. We can find it there in the telling of Jesus teaching at the sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. It's a prayer that for many of us we learned a long time ago. I can remember reciting it to my grandmother when I was a kid. It's a prayer that is like comfort food for us. It is a prayer that is structured in a traditional Jewish prayer. And that makes sense because Jesus was Jewish and that was the prayer he taught the disciples to pray when he he was asked by them, how do we pray? How should we pray? This is how he taught them to pray. So I want us to say this prayer together. We've got the words, and we're going to pray it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You've got a toolbox. Dust dust it off or wipe it off or pull it out. Look into it. See what tools you have in it and begin to add the tools that we are going to talk about. Today, you've got the principles of prayer that you have put in there. You've got the Lord's Prayer that you will put in there. And then every day this week, be intentional in communicating with your Creator in the language that He has given you. Come as you are and start where you are and pray privately and pray publicly. Just start or restart or keep going, whatever it means for you. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer, I thank you that you give us a language to communicate with you. We confess that we don't always use it, and others of us use it a whole lot. We thank you that you provide us tools that equip us to be followers of you. May this week we be willing to take those next steps as we continue to follow you each and every day, sharing Christ, serving others. 
and growing in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.